You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. It's actually Mother's Day this weekend, and it's tough as a pastor to come up with the perfect Mother's Day message when I know many of you have lost your mothers, some don't know who their mothers are, some don't have good relationships with their mothers, some have never had a chance to be a mother, some have lost a child, a baby. Uh, Mother's Day can be a happy day for many and a sad day for some. So I have uh, included some videos in the front and the end of this message, uh, this video, this church at home COVID Sunday uh, video that uh, highlight and honor mothers. And if you're a mom, uh, being a mom is hard. Uh, We're praying for you. We want to encourage you. Uh, Being a mom is a great investment of your time and your life. So um, I'm going to pray. And then um, again, happy Mother's Day to moms. There is actually another Mother's Day video at the end of Pastor Dan's mission moment and original uh, song that he's going to sing. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that you've given us this opportunity to worship you. I thank you for the technology and the ability to uh, share hope and your message uh, to our neighbors and even around the world. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me in the time that we have here. I pray that we would be able to uh, encourage uh, kids of all ages, uh, that we'd be able to encourage uh, parents and uh, people that aren't parents, grandparents, uh, people of all ages, that we would connect them to Christ and help them to live well lives, lives that worship you, that encourage each other and even evangelize that uh, are constantly learning and showing your love, loving, loving you, loving you as an act of worship to love God and to love others. So Jesus, I pray that you would uh, just be with us during this time. We pray that you'd provide every need. We pray you'd provide jobs for the jobless. We pray that you would provide money for the people who are laid off. We pray that you'd provide wisdom for people that need to uh, figure out what to do next, how to stay safe, how to um, provide for their family. Lord, we pray that you would help us to grow spiritually. We pray you'd help us to use this time wisely. We pray that you would help the super busy to find rest. Those people especially that have uh, trying to school their kids and do work at home and everything else, Lord. Uh, Lord, we pray for those who are not busy, that are bored, that they would find ways to use their time wisely and that they would become better for it. We pray that you would bless us in every way, that you would grow us, that you would grow your church, and that you would help us to see how you're up to something good in the midst of this difficulty that we are all in. So we ask us all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to talk to you in the time that I have about hope and our welcome our invite cards say hope on them, finding hope. Had a lot of messages about hope, said a lot about hope. Uh, I just want to apply hope to our current situation. I want to apply hope to mothers. I want to apply hope to you if you don't have a job right now, uh, that you would have hope. Hope is important. Uh, hope, find it, live it, share it. Or hope, help others find it, help others live it, and you still share it. Help others share it. So anyway, let's talk about hope. I read this interesting story. This is actually in someone else's sermon. But um, it says that if you were born in 1900, 
this is what some of the things that you would experience in your life. So maybe your grandparents were born in 1900. So at age 14, World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday. 22 million people perish in that war. Later in 1918, the Spanish flu epidemic kills 50 million people in those two years. At age 29, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. Uh, the world uh, GDP drops 27%, and it lasts for four years. At age 39, World War II starts. 75 million people die, including 6 million Jews in the Holocaust. When you're age 50, the Korean War starts, and 5 million people perish. When you turn 55, the Vietnam War begins and doesn't end for 20 years, and 4 million people perish. At age 62, the Cuban Missile Crisis almost results in a nuclear devastation. Add to this the assassination of President Kennedy in 1963 and Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. There's the Watergate scandal in 1972. The collapse of the Soviet Union in 1989. You're pretty old by now. Uh, if, you're, if you're still alive at 89, you get to see the collapse of the Soviet Union and the crumbling of the Berlin Wall that brought hope to the world for peace. If you're 90, the Gulf War of 1990 shattered the signs of hope once more. September 11th crisis, and it goes on. And you can see that our grandparents suffered uh, many difficulties. And we, I guess history repeats itself, we are going through a pandemic, a difficulty. And what's really hard about it is we don't know when we hear news stories what to believe or who to believe or what's true or uh, <clears throat> who's actually dying or how many people are actually dying. Did those people actually die of COVID-19 or were the numbers inflated? Um, so many conspiracy theories and um, just as there's so many discussions and conspiracy theories, just make sure that uh, you love your uh, brothers and sisters in Christ and uh, don't get too upset just listen to other people's points of view. And uh, yeah, I don't think anybody really knows 100% of what's going on. But uh, we should do all that we can to care for one another and uh, help each other in this difficult time. So uh, the best time ever will be when uh, Jesus makes all things right, when he returns and there'll be more, no more sickness or dying. Uh, what a great time that will be. But hope, hope is essential. Drake Bear in What is Hope? says, humans seek after hope like moths seek after light. It's intrinsic to who we are. Neuroscientist Tali Charo argues hope is so essential to our survival that it is hardwired into our brains, arguing it can be the difference between living a healthier life versus one trapped by despair. Studies show kids hopeful to go to college get higher GPAs and are more likely to graduate. Hopeful athletes perform better on the field, cope better with injuries, and have greater mental adjustments when situations change, he writes. In one study of the elderly, those who said they felt hopeless were more than twice as likely to die during the study follow-up period than those who were more hopeful. It's pretty clear hope is powerfully catalytic and why Dr. Shane Lopez, the psychologist who was regarded as the world's leading researcher on hope, claimed that hope isn't just an emotion, but an essential life tool. We need to find hope. We need to share hope. We need to live hope. Uh, Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to have hope. Now, what is that hope in? That isn't just hope that things are just going to turn out okay because all things work out, you know. You know, actually, Romans 8.28 says that God works all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So, may the God of hope, God is a God of hope. God gives us hope. God gives us hope in Jesus. God gives us hope in His Word. We have precious prayer promises that give us hope in God's Word. We live out our Christian life, and it's full of hope. Hope that God will help us in this life. Hope that God will bless us in this life. Hope that God will preserve us and get us through. And then when it's time for us to die, to take us to heaven, to be in his presence. So we receive hope and joy and peace through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is an encouraging promise. So as we spend time in God's Word, we're often more hopeful. You know, if you spend more time reading the Bible than the Drudge Report in the morning, I bet your day will be more hopeful. So there are so many news stories that, uh, if they're true or not true, just depressing. Uh, What you can do when you find those depressing news stories is pray pray about it, pray it, pray it through, put it in God's hands, and uh, do what you can uh, to change things on your end, and then uh, get on with your life. So, all right, so let's look at some uh, more definitions about hope. So most people understand hope is wishful thinking, as in, I hope something will happen. Uh, This is not what the Bible means by hope. The biblical definition of hope is confident expectation. Hope is a firm assurance regarding things that are unclear and unknown. Hope is a fundamental component of the life of the righteous. Without hope, life loses its meaning, and in death there is no hope. The righteous who trust or put their hope in God will be helped, and they will not be confounded or put to shame or disappointed. The righteous who have this trustful hope in God have a general confidence in God's protection and help and are free from fear and anxiety, and biblical hope is built on faith. Hope is the earnest anticipation that comes with believing something good. Hope is a confident expectation that naturally stems from faith. Hope is a peaceful assurance that something that hasn't happened yet will indeed happen when you want it to, when you need it to. I guess that's it, when you need it to. Biblical hope is built on faith. Jesus' return is our blessed hope. We can't see him yet, but we know he's coming, and we anticipate that event with joy. Hope is produced by endurance through suffering and is the inspiration behind endurance. Trustworthy promises from God give us hope, and we may boast in this hope and exhibit exhibit great boldness in our faith. And by contrast, those who do not place their trust in God are said to be without hope. Hope in the return of Christ is the basis for believers to purify themselves in this life. Along with faith and love, hope is an enduring virtue of the Christian life, and love springs from hope. Hope produces joy and peace in believers through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Romans 12.12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And we need to do all that we can to just keep praying through things. You know, if you are anxious, I want to ask you, have you prayed about that thing that you're anxious about? Have you put it in God's hands? Have you laid out your need? Have you laid out your fears? Have you Talk to the Lord about the things that keep you up at night, the things that concern you. Have you prayed it through, and are you trusting in God to provide? So to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So 
We need to find joy in the Lord, a happiness, a delight, a confident assurance that it's going to be okay, uh, joyful hope. And when we're going through difficulties, if it's sickness, if it's job loss, if it's just being stuck somewhere, uh, waiting for the next thing to happen, waiting for the next chapter, waiting uh, to go back to work, waiting for the all clear, waiting, uh, whatever it is, to be patient in affliction, to be patient as you wait uh, through difficulty, uh, persecution, um, all the difficult things that we go through, afflictions, to be patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Have we prayed it through? Have we asked God to provide our needs? Have we asked God to help us in our time of need? Uh, So many times it seems to me that God provides just in time. So many times it doesn't seem like he provides before uh, we have the need, uh, like days before. So many times it seems like the resource or the opportunity or the answer to prayer shows up at just the right time. And sometimes I prayed for things that were more, uh, I thought I needed this and I received that. And it turns out that God provided what I needed, not always what I wanted. And sometimes I prayed for certain things and God provided way more than that. Um, God is sovereign and God is wise, but we need to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. You know, Psalm 34, 19 says, a righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. I mean, if you look at Jesus' disciples, they were persecuted and went through all sorts of afflictions and difficulties. If you look at many great people, men and women of God, they have gone through many hardships and difficulties and sicknesses, and um, but God delivers them um, The ultimate delivery is when we get to go be with Jesus in heaven. But um, even John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, um, Tertullian wrote in the Prescription of Heretics that John was banished after being plunged into boiling oil in Rome and suffering nothing from it. So they tried to persecute him by cooking him, uh, by deep frying him in oil, and supposedly it didn't work. Another thing I read said they did it twice. And eventually they're like, ah, this isn't working. Let's put him on an island where he wrote the book of Revelation. Paul wrote many of the epistles that we have, the letters from prison. Sometimes God uses the hard things in our life to put us in a place where we need to be so that we can be able to accomplish his purposes and will in our lives. Sometimes he moves us around. So hope, hope. Uh, Just real quick, I want to talk about H, hope. Give me an H, give me an O, give me a P, give me an E. So H is for help expected. O is for opportunities, engaged. P is for perseverance, exemplified. And E is for encouragement, expanded. So anyway, help, opportunities, perseverance, and encouragement. Help. The Holy Spirit is our helper. John 15, 26. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus is telling his disciples that I'm sending the Holy Spirit, and he is going to help you. And when we have hope, we have this confident expectation that God is going to help us. If God has called us to make disciples, if God has called us to live the Christian life, there's no way we can do it on our own, especially in a spiritual battle. So we trust God and the Holy Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit enables us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Even when it comes to the hope that we have of eternal life, the Lord helps us through that. Titus 3, 5, and 7. The Lord, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. 
So it wasn't things that we've done. It's not, we didn't work our, we're not working our way into heaven. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He paid the price for our sins. He rose again. By believing in him, we can be saved. So as Christians, uh, we have this hope that God is at work in our lives, doing all that he can to help us live the Christian life, to help us accomplish his purposes, to uh, give us hope. And the ultimate hope is eternal life uh, through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. The Lord cleans us up and makes us um, suitable for his purposes. He is welcoming, welcoming us as his children, as his adopted children. And it is so delightful to have that hope. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So that means that if you are uh, not living the way that you're supposed to be living, you can still boldly approach God's throne to come to your Heavenly Father and ask for uh, life change, to ask for forgiveness, to ask for help, to ask for things to change, to ask for helping um, helping other people, to ask for other people's lives to change, to ask for um, people to uh, be set free of addictions. Whatever it is, in your time of need, you can find grace and mercy at God's throne. So approach God's throne with boldness and confidence and find the help that leads to hope. Jesus in John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me or abide, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So when we're in, we're walking tight with Jesus, when we're walking hand in hand with the Lord, when we're spending time in his word, uh, when we're uh, obeying his commandments, when we're following his ways, uh, Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to do what I commanded. When you're living the way that you're supposed to be living, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And what's really interesting about that is if you're walking tight with Jesus, if you're um, truly abiding in the Lord, then pretty soon uh, the things on your heart, your desires become Jesus' desires. And that's how that happens, is you ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So it's not like um, a genie in a bottle where you have three wishes and you ask for uh, whatever greedy thing you want. Uh, no, it's uh, walking in the will, the will of Jesus, walking in the Lord's will, um, asking as you are uh, living the Christian life, and those things are provided, those things are done for you. There is help that leads to hope. Psalm 54, 4, Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who, sta- who sustains me. So surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Psalm 54, 4. Psalm 40, 17 Psalm, verse, Psalm chapter 40, verse 17, As for me, since I am poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts. You are my helper and my savior. Oh my God, do not delay. The Lord helps. And that gives us hope. Psalm 50, verse 14. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me glory. Psalm 50, verse 14 and 15. Have you ever made a vow to the Lord? I remember one vow that I made. I've mentioned this before, but uh, I vowed that if the Lord provided me an opportunity, that I would tithe. So um, I know that tithing is in the Old Testament, and Jesus didn't condemn it in the New Testament, but we're under grace, not under the law. And uh, some people uh, give less than 10%. Uh, Many people give more than 10%. um, But giving to the Lord is an act of worship. And I had prayed that, Lord, if you give me this opportunity, if you do this in my life, I promise to tithe. So that is a vow I've made to the Lord. I didn't put any disclaimer on it, like and for one year, or I'm going to try you out for 30 days and see how it works out. 
I made a promise and God came through. And uh, so I've been faithful in that and God has been faithful to me. So I encourage you, if you've made a vow to the Lord, to uh, keep fulfilling it if it's uh, a godly commitment that you've made to the Lord. So anyway, uh, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Be thankful for all the things. You know, when life is looking really bad, just start looking around and find things to be thankful for. Make thankfulness your sacrifice to God and keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble and I will rescue you and you will give me glory. God expects us to glorify him when he comes through for us. Seems like an easy thing to do, but sometimes when God answers our prayer, we're just like, oh, okay, instead of, wow, Lord, you did that. You are so awesome. I praise you for that. I'm going to tell all my friends. I'm going to tell everybody I know how wonderful and awesome you are, that you provided, that you answered, that you helped me, that you got me through. Uh, Great are you, Lord, and worthy of praise. Next is the O in hope. The O of Opportunity. And many years we've given out Mother's Day books. And I have one on the shelf from a past year. Uh, Right here. I'm going to read from it. Uh, It is stories about mom from your favorite authors. uh, The love of a godly mother. And uh, so there's uh, two little ones here I wanted to read. So, uh, The Powerful Role of a Mother by Chuck Swindoll. It says, There is no more influential or powerful role on earth than a mother's, significant as political, military, education, or religious public figures may be. None can compare with the impact made by mothers. Their words are never fully forgotten, their touch leaves an indelible impression, and the memory of their presence lasts a lifetime. Abraham Lincoln was right. No one is poor who had a godly mother. Instead of camping on the negatives and emphasizing... Hang on a second, I bookmarked the page. Uh, negatives and emphasizing how far many mothers have drifted from this magnificent calling to shape the future of our country. I want to throw out a positive challenge. Ladies, this is your hour. Your distinct opportunity to soar. A harmonious marital partnership and a solid unselfish commitment to motherhood have never been of greater importance to you or, for that matter, to our nation. Talk about a challenge worth your effort. In spite of what you may have heard, this role is the most uh, is the most dignified, the most influential, and the most rewarding in all the world. All right, and then Beth Moore uh, talks about the way to be rich. My mother believed to her dying day that it was a sad woman indeed who didn't have a young child somewhere in her life. She also felt that there was no excuse for not having one. If you didn't have one handy, you could get one. In Sunday school, in a church nursery, a pint-sized human who lives down the street. All the while, relieving a young mom and adding something worth more than a hill of beans to your life. She'd tell you that you could find a child almost anywhere you find a lot of life. But find one indeed. Because to her, you would be a miserable soul if you lost touch with children. I am deeply indebted to my mother for teaching me that one way to be rich was to be rich in children, and thank goodness they didn't have to all be your own. So maybe you've fulfilled, uh, you're serving in the role of stepmother. Maybe you are a care person, caring provider, a care, a daycare provider. Um, anyway, so many different ways that uh, you can connect with children and help moms in need. All right, so opportunity. Uh, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers, Galatians 6.10. 
You know, we should bloom while we're planted. So many of us uh, think that our lives would be easier if we were in a different place, if we lived in a different neighborhood, if we had a different job, if we had a different position, if we were in a different church, if we, you know, so many ifs. Uh, but uh, maybe God has purposely, purposefully put you where you are to fulfill his purposes in your life. So bloom where you're planted. Look around and see what can I do here now? What, what can I do to serve the Lord? What can I do to make the greatest difference in my life right now here in this place with the time that I have, with the resources that I have? So ask yourself, why might God have you here? What is the reason that God has you where he has you? Uh, are you uh, going to have or have you had a divine appointment? Has God uh, set everything up so that you would be at the right place in the right time to accomplish his purposes and to do something significant? Uh, maybe God has you right where he wants you, uh, even though you think that you should be somewhere else. Ephesians 5.15 Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So, use your time wisely. Set goals. Uh, find um, find your purpose, uh, and then figure out how to accomplish that. Uh, set goals. Uh, make flexible uh, steps. Uh, plan out how you're going to achieve those goals and what you're going to do, even with each day. Uh, when you get up in the morning, you know, have... A list of things that you like to accomplish, but be flexible in case God wants to interrupt or uh, things change, that you just keep pursuing those goals and working out that flexible plan. I mean, think to yourself, okay, what would you love to do? If there were no limits, and then write that down, you know, what, what would you love to do? What would be just like so fun? Um, think about that. And then what could you do with the resources that you have today? So you have what would you love to do with no limits, and then you write down what could you do with the resources you have today? I'm going to write down what should you do and what must you do. So some things that you could do, uh, get organized, declutter, do some home or car maintenance, maybe update your resume, increase and improve your marketable skills, get that uh, certification updated or uh, get some training and get new certification so that you're more marketable. Uh, maybe it's something as simple as learn how to type faster or learn some new skills. Uh, set fitness goals. Read books that make you better. Maybe you watch some Right Now Media seminars. Uh, not only are Right Now Media seminars good for Bible study, but there's also some that help you become a better manager, a better leader, a uh, better employee. Uh, the Right Now Media at work uh, can help you in that. Become a better parent. All these different things. Opportunities. Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father, to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, singing is a great way to find hope. We often find hope in the words of songs. If you go to our YouTube channel, uh, uh, YouTube is uh, River Rock Church MN, like Minnesota. Uh, there's a playlist there for some songs that you can sing, even for Church at Home Sunday today. But uh, sing, uh, be filled with the Spirit, uh, yield to the Spirit's will in your life, uh, be overflowing in the Spirit. What a great, when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit, and then you need to let the Holy Spirit indwell you to fill you, to empower you. 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do so with gentleness and respect. Take these opportunities that you have to share Jesus, to help people grow in their faith, 
help people get saved. What a great thing uh, to know that in opportunity, uh, we can be used for eternal significance, that we can be used in God's will, that God can use us to help people come into a right relationship with Him. And as people ask us about our faith, let's be prepared to give an answer and be prepared to share our testimony, which, as you remember from past weeks, is sharing what your life was like before you came to Christ, how you got saved, and what your life has been like since, what God's been doing in your life since. All right, so we're on P. So... Help, opportunity, and now we're at perseverance. Perseverance. We keep moving forward. We don't give up. It's easy to give up sometimes. It's easy to just throw our hands up in the air and say, it's no use and give up. We are told to persevere. Romans 5 verse 2. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured, in, poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So suffering, difficulty, leads to perseverance and perseverance develops our character. So When we're going through difficult times, we need to keep pushing through and realize that God could be using us in a great way. God could be using our difficulty in a great way to to prepare us for something that he has for us that's even better. He's going to give us new skills. He's going to give us the ability uh, and the courage and the strength to accomplish this new thing that we wouldn't have been able to do before if we hadn't gone through this hard time and if we haven't gone hadn't gone through this difficulty. So he's going to use uh, some hardship to enable us to reach more people for Christ, to enable us to share our story about how the God of compassion, the God of comfort, has comforted us, has yeah, has comforted us, and uh, that we would be able to help others find comfort. I think that's in Second Corinthians chapter one. All right, Ephesians 6:18. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we keep praying. Praying is so important. Uh, praying, interceding for others in prayer is true ministry. Uh, let us know how we can pray for you. I want to pray for you specifically. Just let us know the things that we need to pray for. 2 Peter 3.8 Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So God's time timetable isn't the same as our timetable. Uh, God is uh, on a different time scale. And so many times what we think is God uh, taking too long. Like, where? how come Jesus hasn't returned yet? It's been 2,000 years. Where is he? Well, God is being patient, not wanting anyone to perish. So that means until Jesus returns, there's more time for people to get saved. There's more time for people to uh, come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ so that they will spend eternity with Jesus and with us. I mean, just think, if Jesus waits longer, you might have some great-grandkids you don't even know yet that might spend eternity with you in heaven. And that would be pretty awesome. So, on one hand, we want Jesus to return because the Lord uh, promises us a great life and freedom from sickness and fear, and He's going to provide everything that we need, and it's just so much better than this uh, reality that we live in now. 
On the other hand, we, uh, um, if we can wait, if we can hold out, if we can uh, persevere, uh, so many great other things could happen. So um, he wants everyone to come to repentance. The word repentance in the Bible literally means the act of changing one's mind. True biblical repentance goes beyond remorse, regret, or feeling bad about one's sin. It involves more than merely turning away from sin. The Erdman's Bible Dictionary includes this definition of repentance in its fullness In its fullest sense, it is a term for a complete change of orientation involving a judgment upon the past and a deliberate redirection for the future. So, uh, simply, the ABCs for a better life is A, admit you are a sinner for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. Believe on Christ uh, to the... Uh, Philippian jailer, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Acts 16.31 And confess your faith, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved in Romans 10.9 Have you admitted you're a sinner? Have you believed upon Christ? Have you confessed your faith? A great way to do that is through prayer. Prayer is talking to God, something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I acknowledge that you died on the cross and rose again to pay for my sin. I believe upon you and I want to follow you as Savior and Lord. And then tell somebody that you have put your faith in Jesus, that you have made uh, a choice, a decision to follow Christ. And the Bible says that you, that means that you're born again, that you're adopted as a child of God, that you receive the Holy Spirit, that you're assured heaven, uh, that Jesus is your Lord and promises you that he will complete the work that he's begun in you and you are assured of eternity. So many things come from that. E for encouragement uh, in evangelism, but E for encouragement. Romans 15.4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope in Romans 15.4. So that means that we find hope in the Bible examples and promises in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We find encouragement as we spend time in God's word. 1 Thessalonians 5. 9 says, God, for God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. So what are you doing to encourage people and help build them up? You know, church, it would be great if you would like send text messages and call each other and do what you can to connect with each other. And as soon as the stay at home order is lifted, that we would start to Uh, connect and visit with each other, encourage each other and build each other up is what we're to do. And uh, sharing life together is one way to do that. So let's encourage each other. As we encourage people, they will have hope and our hope will be uh, strengthened. Psalm 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song, I praise him. So the Lord is your strength and your shield. And you can trust in the Lord with all your heart, and He will help you. Uh, The Bible talks, again, a lot about singing, and uh, we're to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Sometimes you may not, when you sing, you might not sound like the people on the radio, 
But God created you and created your voice. And uh, God wants to hear you sing praises to him. Uh, sing along with some good praise songs. Uh, maybe you can find some uh, scripture set to music that you can sing back to the Lord. But that will increase your hope. So be encouraged. Um, next week, playing a new game. Same goals, different challenges, new strategies. Happy Mother's Day, mothers. Moms are really important. Your giving is an act of worship. It is noticed by God. God loves a cheerful giver. And your giving helps me keep serving as a pastor. And I think that when you give, you are storing up eternal rewards, uh, storing treasures in heaven. So thank you for those of you that are mailing to P.O. Box, mailing your offerings in. Thank you for many of those of you that are giving online at riverrockchurch.com give. Uh, and you get there, you can see a way to give by text message too. Once you set that up, it's pretty easy to give. So we'd encourage you to do that. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.